1: Hey, this is Jordan Harbinger from the Jordan Harbinger Show.
2: Hey, this is Amy Porterfield from the online marketing Made Easy podcast.
3: Hey, this is Jeff Hoffman, serial entrepreneur from Priceline.com and UBid.com. And if
2: you want to learn how to network like me. And if you want to build quality relationships with quality people.
3: And if you want to learn how to scale your
1: relationships. You should be listening to the Build Your Network podcast.
2: Build Your Network podcast.
3: Build Your Network podcast. With
1: my good friend, Travis Chapel. Travis Chapel.
3: Travis Chapel.
0: Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are in the middle of a series right now about mentorship and masterminds, and I can't wait to share today's episode with you all. But first, you hear my guest and I talk a lot about masterminds on the show. If this is a new term to you, or you've always kind of wondered exactly what a mastermind is or what it does or how it's beneficial, you are definitely going to want to take my free mastermind course. I get this question so often that I decided, you know what, I'm just gonna put it all into a course and give it away as a free resource for people to go check out that way, next time somebody asks me exactly what a mastermind is, I can just point them in that direction. So this is everything you need to know about masterminds in just six short lessons. It's 100% free, so there's literally no reason to not at least see what it's about. Just head over to freemmcourse.com slash enroll to grab that course and get started today. Hey there, what's up everybody? Welcome back to another topic episode here on the Build Your Network podcast. This is part number seven in this ongoing series of who you know or what you know, which one is more important, which if you've been listening to the show for any length of time, you know that this is my staple question, the one that I ask every guest that comes on the show. So today we're featuring three of our past guests. So anytime you listen to one of these topic episodes, one of these compilation episodes, just know that every single guest that is in this, they have their own episode, full feature length episode here on the show. Just go back into some of the backlog and look for it or search it on my site and you'll be able to find their entire episode. So if you hear one of these people talk and it just really resonates with you and you want to hear more from them specifically, then just go back into the back catalogs and, and find their full episode and it will be there. So today we are featuring Jordan Harbinger, who is the host of the Jordan Harbinger Show, one of the most downloaded shows in all of Apple Podcasts. and He's a really good buddy of mine and some a mentor, somebody I've looked up to for a really long time. He's one of the godfathers of the whole podcasting industry, so you'll really enjoy what he has to say about it. Oh, and he's also really an expert networker, one of the only people that I know of that actually teaches on networking and teaches it the right way. Um, And then there's Amy Porterfield, who is a legendary online marketer uh, and course creator, and uh, she's just an all-around amazing person, and I can't wait to share some of her insights today. And then there's Jeff Hoffman, who is the billionaire co-founder of Priceline.com. And yeah, he uh, having a conversation with him in his episode, which you can go back and take a listen to, we talk about how he's shopping for an NFL team right now. And so all three of these people are going to bring a different area of expertise and are going to bring a different different insight based on their backgrounds and experiences to this one question, who you know or what you know. So I can't wait to share that with you all. But first, really quickly before we get into that. If you are listening to the show, you listen to it for a reason, meaning that however you heard about it, whether it was Google or iTunes or social media, a one-on-one conversation with me or somebody else, something about the title Build Your Network really resonated with you, which tells me that you're like me. You you realize that the single most important factor that contributes to your success is your network. Well, after years of learning, growing, testing, implementing, falling flat on my face, failing a lot... <laughs> Um, embarrassing myself in front of my heroes. I'm finally putting together an all-encompassing online training called "Explode Your Network." It's my complete framework that is guaranteed to exponentially grow your connections, level up your inner circle, and shorten your runway to success without annoying all of your contacts or printing a single business card. This is everything I know about networking connection, all in one place. I'm currently looking for a test group just to get in at half price during the pre-launch before the course is finished, and uh, that's only going to be it's it's less than a so less than $150, and you can have access to everything that I've learned about networking in the last couple of years. So if any piece of content that I've ever released has added value to you at all, then please just stop procrastinating and head over to travischapelcom slash explode to start investing into what we both know to be the most important aspect of your career, which is your network. And now here is Who or What? Part 7 with Jordan Harbinger, Amy Porterfield, and Jeff Hoffman. Do you believe that what you know or who you know is more important and why?
1: It's definitely about who you know. And a lot of people, when they say that, they put some stank on it, right? They're like, oh, it's all about who you know. That's why Travis got a promotion and I'm still down here. Screw that guy. People should be saying that about you. Although ideally they're saying it about you and they're going, yeah, man, he's just really well connected and they should admire that because they also feel connected to you, right? So you're not just connecting up, you're connecting quote unquote down and yeah. laterally and i think a lot of people when they think about networking they think oh it's smarmy because you're only network they're only thinking about networking up or oh he just you know this person is networking because they want to sell something or because they want to schmooze the boss that is different that's an entirely different thing than what we're really talking about here which is being well connected with everyone so networking is important in that your relationships are going to save you. They're the only thing people can't take away from you in a lawsuit or if you lose your job or something like that, like the shift I'm going through, leaving the Art of Charm and now at the Jordan Harbinger show, my skills and relationships are what I have primarily that I'm leaning on. If I didn't have a network, I would just have skills, which is great, but holy cow, it'd be really scary. So you should be using these at all times, this networking, that you're, the network that you're building, the relationships that you're building, These are gonna last the rest of your life and they will undoubtedly be the most important resource you have because at some point, if you don't lose everything, your relationships are gonna be the most important thing that's gonna help you move upward. And if you do lose anything or everything, God forbid, then you better have a network to help support you because that's really what's gonna matter. So short-term, your network's gonna be great. Long-term, your network's gonna be crucial.
0: This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed Yeah. And I love that you brought that up because I think that a lot of people will avoid networking because they don't want to be the person that does it poorly so bad that they just like neglect mm-hmm, doing exactly. it completely. How would you define networking? To, like Somebody's like, I don't like that word. I don't like networking. I, I don't like doing that. It's, it's really spammy. I don't like it. I don't like having business cards thrown in my face. How would you define networking?
1: Yeah. So that's why people avoid it, right? They feel like good people who think about it think, I don't necessarily know how to do this. And it makes me feel gross when other people do it because they're looking at the negative examples. But here's what people don't think about when they think about networking. They don't see people doing it right and doing it well most of the time. So when I think networking and relationship development, I'm not thinking, all right, how do I get to know this Travis guy so I can get on his show? What I'm doing is I'm thinking about how to help other people without the expectation of anything in return, principle number one. We call it ABG, always be giving, instead of ABC, always be closing. So always help other people without the expectation of anything in return. And then you have to do it in a scalable way. So what that means is if I'm a graphic designer, I'm not just doing a bunch of free graphic design for people because I'll go bankrupt. What I'm doing is I'm looking inside my network and going, okay, Travis just started a new business he said something about taxes. I know an awesome CPA for small businesses that are in the digital realm. Hey, Travis, you want this introduction to the CPA? He's going to help you save a bunch of money on taxes. Yeah, I would love that. Great. So that's scalable. I can make 15 email introductions in a day in half an hour, right? I can't make free website graphics for 15 people in a month without going hungry. Hmm. So that's what's scalable about it. I'm connecting two people or three people or multiple people in my network to each other that can help one another. So then I got twice the amount of social capital coming back to me because they're like, oh, we owe you one. Thanks for connecting us. And I did 1% of the work, right? I connected them instead of doing the actual legwork and trying to do free work for people to get them to like me or get some other sort of result. So one, give without the expectation of anything in return. Two, do it in a scalable way. Three, Another thing that, that causes people to shy away from networking and relationship development is the idea of they don't want to owe somebody something and have it blow up in their face. So mm. when people help you and they keep score because they're not really giving the expectation of something in return, they're keeping score. Right, say that right. somebody say I introduce you to somebody, and then, you to somebody else, and then I introduce you to somebody else and then I introduce you to somebody else and then I introduce you to somebody else and then one day I'm like I'm picking you up from the airport. And another day, I'm driving you home from the airport. And then another day, I got you a speaking gig. And then finally, I write an ebook on dog grooming. It's not a good fit for your audience. I'm like, hey, dude, can you sell my book to your audience on dog grooming? And you're like, "Mm, it's not really a good fit for my audience. Now, if I've given without the expectation of anything in return, I'm like, oh, all right. Well, I understand that. I'm a little disappointed, but I understand. Can you connect me with somebody who you think it might be a good fit? But if I'm keeping score, what's going on in my head is I go, screw you, Travis. You know, come on, man. I've helped you out a ton. What's your problem? I might not even say that. I might just be passive aggressive a bunch. And -hmm. you're wondering why Mm -hmm. our friendship is now staled. And that becomes a problem because I'm poisoning our own relationship by keeping score. So you have no idea what went wrong. And meanwhile, I'm like, screw this guy. He's a dick. What a taker. When you're not at all. I had a covert contract in my head. I had an agreement that you didn't know about. And that agreement said, if I help Travis enough, he owes me and he'll have to do what I need him to do. Right. And that's why a lot of people don't want to be in a networking scenario because they don't know how to ask for what they want or they're afraid to do that. Or worse, they're worried that if they do enough of this, then people are going to ask them to do things that they don't want to do. And so they don't want to have to set boundaries. So there's a lot of things and we could talk, that's a whole... Each one of these is probably a whole show, but right, that's right. where people are starting to go wrong because they're thinking about this in the wrong way. So and they're also thinking about networking transaction, you know, right. and that's a problem. Yes, exactly,
0: exactly, transactionally. So that brings me to my next question, which is, because since I've been starting the show, that's always my biggest piece of advice. So when you're in a networking situation and I'm like, oh yeah, I have a, a podcast about networking, whatever. And then somebody's just trying to make good conversation, So they go, well, what's your number one tip on networking? I always say, well, give, you know, just be giving. Give without expecting anything in return. Basically exactly what you just said. The number one question I always get in return is, aren't you worried about like somebody taking advantage of you? How do you
1: respond to that question? Sure. That's a good place to wrap this one because I do get asked that a lot myself. If you think somebody is taking advantage of you and you don't have this experience with a lot of people. So here's the caveat. It's pretty rare that someone's going to take advantage of you. If you find that quote unquote, everyone takes advantage of you, it's probably you. You're either filtering in these people or you're kind of a victim for some other reason, real or not. That said, If someone is taking advantage of you and you really are convinced that they are, one way to test this is to ask them for some simple thing. And if they say no, then maybe they are a taker and they have no intention of ever helping you. However, most people won't do this, right? If you're giving and giving and giving and you expect a result and they don't give you what you want, ask yourself if there's a covert contract, ask yourself if you're keeping score and ask yourself if you really did give without the expectation of anything in return. It doesn't mean you always have to give no matter what, what it means is you have to give when you're willing to give without the expectation of anything in return. So if you've been helping someone and they've never helped you, it doesn't mean they're taking advantage of you. If you have helped someone and they refuse to help you even with small things, then they're probably taking advantage of you.
0: This is what I love about networking stories because the story that you just told was just like a. So I got this one thing, then I, I led to this other thing. Yes. And once I was at that thing, I did really well here and it led to this other thing. And then I met this one guy here who led <laughs> to this thing. You know, like th- this is why I love these stories because I have a hard time sometimes, Amy, convincing people that networking is worth a big chunk of your not only time, but your money and investing in yourself to go to events and to join high level masterminds and to build real good quality relationships. relationships. Relationships with good quality people. And sometimes I have a hard time convincing people because they don't see the immediate ROI. There's, you never know what'll happen, which is the good thing, but it's also the bad thing because you never know what'll happen. So you might spend this money traveling to this event and uh, staying at the hotel and buying the event ticket and all this other stuff, but you don't see how it's going to immediately affect your business tomorrow. So you just don't do it. Right. So this is why I love these stories because there's no way on God's green earth that you could have planned out every single one of those steps that you just talked about.
2: Oh my gosh, no, you're so, so right. (laughs) It's like years of connecting
0: and then making the most of those connections, being competent, adding value to people and then connecting and then adding value and then connecting and then adding value and connecting and those are just the best stories to me. So true. Totally agree. So here's a question that I ask every single guest that comes on the show. Curious to hear what your answer is going to be. Do you believe that what you know or who you know is more important and why?
2: Oh, okay. So I want to say, because I feel like it sounds better if I say it's about what you know, However, I know a lot of people that aren't incredibly smart in what they do, but they have these amazing connections and so they make it work. Mm. So I just feel, here's what I believe. I believe it's who you know to a certain extent, but if Mm. you can't get it together and offer value once... Who you know gets you to where you want to go, then it's never going to work out so you exactly yeah. so you've got to bring something to the table you have to offer value, mm-hmm. but I do think it's easier when you know a few people that can help you <laughs> open up some doors
0: right well and the cool thing though is like take your story for instance, right like you offered value to each of these connections that we're talking about right yes, but you don't have to be like Richard Branson to offer value to somebody. I think people have <laughs> this like this idea that like they have to have written like 12 books before they can offer like you don't have to come with a million dollar deal to the table in order to connect with somebody. Like exactly what you did like working for Tony and being a liaison between Tony and Michael Stelzner and then helping him with a new site and then connecting with Lewis Hat like all these things like you were just adding value in micro ways until you were able to add value on a macro way. But the thing is people always need value, like people always need things done. So if you can figure out what that little thing it like for me, well, for instance, I would not be on this phone call with you, Amy, if I were not friends with John Lee Dumas. And the reason that I think I became friends with him is first of all, I paid for a mastermind that he put on, which helps when you pay for stuff that somebody has, but totally I also, agree. Yeah, but I also worked to cultivate a connection with him after that event was long done. So I have a background in door-to-door sales and retail sales. I've done a lot of different direct sales and different things like that. So I offered to run John's booth selling his Freedom and Mastery journal for him totally for free at Podcast Movement. And then he asked me to do it for another event that he spoke at Thrive last year. And so during these times, I wasn't making any money. I took a step away from my business. I paid for myself to get out to these events just to do something completely for free for John Lee Dumas. But in turn, like he's been a huge mentor to me i have a consistent relationship with him it wasn't now when he introduces it to me to people it's not like oh yeah this is one guy he paid for a mastermind like a year ago you know what i mean it's like oh yeah this is my friend travis and he runs the show and and you know what i mean like it's a completely yes. different relationship now because there was something that i saw that i could add value to like who am i going to introduce john to i, I didn't have like he had all the connections that i wanted like he There was nobody that I could introduce him to. I didn't have a million dollar deal on the table to bring to it to be like, hey, let's connect. Like all I did was find something that he needed and I filled that void and helped, gave a lot of my time to be able to cultivate that connection. And I think that there's people that
2: undervalue
0: that. Would you agree with that?
2: Oh, a million percent. I mean, I have such a similar story with Marie Forleo, where I started in her mastermind as well. And I consider her a dear friend that I could text in a hot minute if I needed anything. And I think that people might think, oh, you paid for that friendship. Heck no, because there's a lot of people that paid to be in these people's masterminds that they never talk to anymore. Mm -hmm. But if you find a way to make it a genuine connection, and I think you've probably talked about this before, your heart just has to be in the right place. It's never about making something happen for you. And if that truly is the case, magic happens.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Being genuine. I mean, this is a fundamental principle to networking, I think is just being genuine and caring about people and taking like, I'm curious to hear how, what you think about this, Amy. I don't think that there should be a difference between quote unquote, networking and real relationship building. I think a lot of people separate those two things. They treat networking as like an opportunity to go make sales and bring in money for their business. And then they treat like hanging out with their friends at the bar down the street as like building relationships with their friends. Right. I don't think that the two are separate, you know, what, yes.
2: what you about that. I would totally agree. I think that if you actually treated all of that the same, you'd see some pretty cool things happen. I think it's all about that, those organic relationships that happen when your heart is in the right place for it. So I love that you make that distinction.
0: Yeah. And what are some ways, now we've been talking a lot about value being genuine, all that kind of stuff. So what's a practical way that somebody sitting out here listening would be able to just start adding value to people? Like let's say they, you know, they suffer a lot from the imposter syndrome. They don't feel like they have a lot of value to bring to the table? What are some different ways that you think that they could start really trying to offer value to others?
2: You know, I have a quick little example that keeps coming to mind when I think about somebody offering immense value. There's this guy out there. He's an Instagram expert. His name is Tyler McCall. And I would have never known who Tyler was, not because he's not a big deal, just because he would have probably have never made it into my world. Like our worlds wouldn't have crossed so soon, except for the fact that he posted something about following maybe one of my podcasts or something that I had put out there. And he gave me praise online and it was on Instagram. And I thought that was so very cool. And I pay attention to that stuff and I thank him and whatnot. And then I kind of started to follow like, what is this guy all about? And so I started following on Instagram and he would put out great things. And then we'd start to talk in the DMs. And over the last, let's say six months, I feel like Tyler is a really good friend of mine. I've invited him on my podcast He is an up and comer in the sense that he hasn't been on the scene that long. However, he's making a big splash. And just today, he was posting some stuff on Instagram. And I noticed he's on four other people's podcasts, big names, because he sought after and it all started with He looked for other people's content to give them a shout out on whatever social platform. And it was in a genuine way. Like he talked about, this is why I love Amy's podcast. This is why you should listen. So little things like that go a long way with those that might be a little bit ahead of you, but genuinely appreciate the feedback.
0: Yeah, totally. And stuff like that's just so underrated. But also I would add to that, that if you do this, like if you're sitting out there and listening and you're like, hey, you know i've done that before and they've never even like looked at it or gotten back to me realize that like someone like amy someone like john like some of these people that i've been on the show like they have a lot of demands on their time so if you do this and you don't get a response don't take it personally just figure out another different way to be resourceful and get around that and add some more value. But look, eventually though, if you are constantly pushing forward somebody's content, they can't help but notice what you're doing for them. If you're an evangelist for what they're doing, then they can't help but notice that eventually. It's so funny when sometimes I'll have people reach out to me, Amy, and be like, I'm a big fan of your show. And they'll say something that makes me tell that they've never listened to anything yes. that have ever put out there. Do you get that sometimes? Oh,
2: I do. And it drives me nuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it makes a big deal. And I'm going to say something that's going to make me sound a little bit like a jerk. So I hope <laughs> you know it's coming from a good place. I also don't like when people reach out and say, hi, Amy, I'm a big fan. How can I support you? And I feel very awkward in those moments because I don't know, I'm not going to tell them how they can support me. I feel like that's an actual lazy way of making connections. And I know this makes me sound a little bit jerky, but my point being is that find your way of how you can support someone. Pay attention, just like you said, really be a fan. If you're going to say you're a fan and you'll find those little ways, but at the same time, you don't have to force it. And a person of influence is likely not going to tell you how to support them.
0: Yeah. And exactly what you said though, is that it's lazy. It's just a lazy yeah. way to try to do it. It's the numbers game approach. It's the like, I'm gonna reach out to 50 influencers today. I'm gonna ask them all how I can support that's them. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah, and totally. so that's and why I'm not a big fan. Yeah, totally. It's, it's just like, I know I'm supposed to lead with value because Amy knows Marie Forleo, like she just said. So if I reach out to her and ask her if I how I can support her and then I do that, then I can ask her for a connection to Marie Like to me, it just, when people ask <laughs> that, it feels like it, it comes with an attached like outcome that they're trying to get out of the situation. So right. It's lazy. And then the only reason to ask someone how you can support them is so that you're like adding value to them without expecting anything in return. But the question itself to me makes it seem like you're wanting something in return. <laughs> you know? I appreciate
2: you saying that. So I don't sound like so much of a jerk. I think that's what <laughs> it feels like to me. So, and it happens a lot. So that's why I thought maybe I should mention it here.
0: Do you believe that what you know or who you know is more important and why?
3: So I'm going to go with, and not just because I'm on your podcast, <laughs> I'm going to go with who you know, and here's why. Because you don't know everything anyway. There is no big accomplishment in the world that was ever accomplished by one person. You really are limited by the strength of your network or the weakness of it. And so whatever big dreams you have in your life, whatever you're going to set out to do, you're not as smart as you think you are. And you're not good at 12 things. You're good at one thing, which means you need 11 other people to fill out your team. So. If you accept the premise that the only way to accomplish anything really significant in life is to build a team to accomplish it, then the strength of your network is directly proportional to your ability to succeed. So I spend a ton of my time, and I want people listening. If you're a founder, a CEO, a leader in management, whatever, you literally should not be spending all your time running your company or running your department. You should schedule days. I've been doing this my whole life. I schedule days where I'm out of the office, just building my network. Hmm. One time I remember specifically, I saw this ad. It said tech meetup Saturday at some pizza joint. Mm-hmm. And sorry, it was a Friday afternoon. And I said, you know what? I'm going to just leave the office Friday afternoon. It was for $15. I went to this tech meetup. Friends of mine I'm like, where are you going? I said to this thing. I showed them the thing. They said, you don't even know what these people are talking about. I said, that's the point. These people have a skill set I don't, and they're people I'm probably going to need. And you don't want to build your network when you need it. You want to build your network way before you need it. Yes, So I schedule time to go literally put myself in the presence of people that are not me, that have skills I don't, and make it a point to get to know them and sort of catalog the people that I met. So the day I really do need one of those people, I already know who I want to call.
0: Yeah, man, there's so much there that we could go into. Uh tell us about a time when a connection that you made with somebody ended up leading to a big moment of success for you.
3: Oh sure, there had been absolutely a number of those, but I can remember one time. So, I'm an engineer by trade. Okay. The finance part is definitely a weakness for me, and I have this habit <laughs> of talking to everybody everywhere, strangers, right? Because you might just have walked past. You might've been standing quietly in line and the person in front or behind of you might've been your investor, might've been your partner, might've been your customer, might be your net, your spouse, who knows? Mm-hmm. But it could have been someone significant in your life and you didn't even say hello because you don't know each other, really? Yeah. So I engage strangers all the time. And sometimes, of course, it's crickets chirping, awkward silence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. It doesn't always work, but I'll take those losses with the successes. And I just remember when I was starting the film company and I come from the engineering and tech and I want to be in the movie biz. And I knew I needed somebody that understood film finance and budgeting. And I met somebody, he was a friend of another friend, but I, they were out to lunch and I went to lunch and I specifically went over and sat next to this guy who I didn't know and started questioning him about his life, his skills, his experiences, his background, his dreams, his goals. And he wound up not only knowing everything about film finance, but it turned out he was a major executive, I think at the time at Universal Studios. (laughs) And once I engaged him, he said, come by my office, I'll teach you a little bit. And then when I told him I was starting an independent film production company, I actually talked him into quitting his big cushy studio exec job and coming and being my business partner in our independent film production company. And his relationships and his knowledge We had no chance we ever would have succeeded without him. And all that happened because at lunch, I intentionally said, can I sit next to this guy? And the people I was with said, sure. And I just started again. I asked him enough that I had an idea what lit his fire. And I was eventually able to get him to come join my new company.
0: Yeah. So hypothetically here, how far behind would you have been in that particular company had you never cultivated that connection?
3: So behind's probably not even the word. I don't think the company ever would have got off the ground yeah. because he had relationships with the studios, with the industry, and he had the knowledge of the finance part. Plus even more, he had the credibility. When I called people and said, we're going to make our first movie and we're putting together the financing, mm-hmm. people said, wait, time out. You don't know any, you know, I'm giving money to a guy that knows nothing about film finance. Right. I said, oh, I'd like you to meet my partner and finance guy. And they said, tell us your story. And he said, yeah, I was the head of business affairs for Universal Studios. (laughs) I negotiated. This is a guy that negotiated Jurassic Park contract with Steven Spielberg. And they said, "Okay, we'll be right over. Yeah. So I don't know if I would have said how much do
0: you need? Yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah. (laughs) If I had not found this person in my network and talked him into joining me.
0: So the reason I ask that hypothetical question, because I want people to start thinking like with this being so important, Jeff, with building a network, with growing relationships, with this kind of stuff being so paramount to finding success, why is it, do you think that most people just completely neglect doing it?
3: Well, the biggest reason I see, and now I spend a lot of time trying to help people grow their business. So I hear this all the time. And it's ironic because they're too busy being inefficient to stop and take the time to get more efficient. what I mean is, they're so busy juggling all the balls. And part of the reason they're so busy at it is because they're doing things they don't know how to do. It's, for example, me as an engineer trying to do finance. Since I'm not a finance guy, finance takes me way longer than it should because I'm struggling. Mm. So if you were to call me about building my network, I would say, look, man, I can't even get out of the office. I've been here till 10 o'clock every night. They're so busy being inefficient and trying to juggle all the balls and trying to do it all themselves that they don't realize that if they took a day off to go network, they could find people, they could do the stuff that's taking them all day in one hour yeah. and they so busy. So that's what I hear. Yeah. And you know, when I say, Hey, I'm going to that tech meetup, I'm leaving the office, people would say, man, I, I'm just too busy. I don't have time to go with you, but you know, have fun with that. And I'm sitting there thinking, if you did go with me, you might meet somebody that would solve your way too busy problem because they know how to do this better than you. So that's it.
0: Yeah. Totally a compounding effect.
3: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. That's something that is so prevalent too. Like I talk to people a lot, especially with my show, obviously that will say stuff like that to me. Like, How do you find the time to go to these events? How do you find the time to network with these people? And my answer is always a question back to them. like, How do you not find the time to do this kind of stuff? Like, It is one of the most valuable ways that I can spend my time. Like, It's just an insane amount of value coming back from it. So that's why I usually like to ask that question. Well, that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you'd like to learn more about how we've been able to get some of the guests to come on the show, I've created a totally free resource called Meet Your Hero. So if you'd like to connect with people you respect and admire that are difficult to reach, you're going to want to go to travischappell.com slash hero to take action and start that training today. Have a wonderful rest of your day and remember to leave every relationship better than you found it.